Welcome to the Tailored Life Podcast. This is the podcast that helps average individuals achieve above average results. This is the fitness and nutrition podcast that goes way beyond just training and nutrition. This is the coaching podcast. I think that's what it should be. I think it should just be the coaching podcast because everything we talk about on here is coaching in one way or another. We are all about coaching you our clients, our members, our friends, our family, the person at the grocery store, anybody we run into, anybody we have an interaction with, my team, this is what we live for. We live for coaching. I think coaching is the most invaluable, uh, honestly, thing, profession, service, product, whatever you want to call it, that you can get, honestly. I mean, it's just, it's profound what can be accomplished with coaching. And there's a few things I want to talk about in this, uh, we're going to do a quick podcast today. It's one of those ones where I just wanted to jump on the mic and share some thoughts that I've had just recently after talking with some coaches on staff, as well as some clients and such like that. And, and, you know, one thing that pops to mind first is a a client of mine saying that they were on the fence about coaching their, their husband coaches with me. And so then they, they ended up jumping on board board. And obviously it was more of a, uh, let me give this a shot kind of thing, right? Like, I don't know if I need this. That was like her whole thing. It's like, I don't really, I I didn't really feel like I needed coaching. I wasn't sure if I needed coaching, Uh, but I figured I would give it a shot and I'm so glad I did. It's been life-changing. My my progress has been amazing. My life has already been improved so many ways and I can't wait to see what 2024 has in store for me because I'm being coached by you. And it was a really cool testament because, and this is why I'm sharing it with you, you don't know what you don't know, right? You can't fathom the progress you're going to make from something you are yet to experience. I mean, really think about that, right? I I actually, this is, this is actually perfect. I, and honestly, this is completely unplanned because I actually, that's not what I was going to talk about today (laughs) anyway. Um, but I shared on my story this morning and I got a ton of responses to this. Um, This is what I wrote. If you are just starting on the path towards your goals, remember that you are going to think more about the hard work and challenges in this beginning stage because right now, that's all you know. You don't truly know what the end result looks and feels like yet, but just stick with it. Be patient and do the work because once you achieve a little bit of the results you're after, you'll know exactly what they look and feel like. Then you'll begin to only think about the results you were starting to see and how far you can take it, not the work required. And what that means is that when you first start on your journey or you have yet to embark on it, maybe you have uh, a husband or you have a wife or you have friends or you have somebody you know is doing coaching, right? They're working with somebody, they're doing personal development, they're starting a diet, they're doing stuff. They're raving about it, but you can't visualize or actualize it in your head right? You're trying to imagine, well, what could this do for me? You have no idea. So it seems like maybe it can't do anything for me. Maybe it's not right for me. Maybe I don't even need it because I just can't picture what it could possibly do for me, right? Well, the reality is, is you don't know because you don't know. You don't know because you haven't experienced it yet. So you need to be able to take a chance. You need to be able to take a risk. You need to be able to step into an unknown territory, right? There's a great saying that says, all growth starts with resistance, which is true, right? If we apply resistance to a muscle, it grows. If we step outside of our comfort zone, we learn and we grow. 
if we have resistance pushing against us and we push back into it, we get stronger in the face of that resistance. So success and results don't come without any kind of sacrifice or discomfort or anything like that. That's all in the category of resistance, right? And I say that to say, you're going to have resistance to starting something new, starting something you never tried before, trusting the process, believing that you could accomplish X, Y, Z with a service or an endeavor or something that you've never even actually done before. So you don't really know what it's going to do for you, but you have to trust that it can do something for you. And that something is something that you desire. You have to be able to visualize the unknown. You have to be able to start getting creative in your mind to think about what's possible for you. And then you have to try things probably fail at some things. And this doesn't just apply to coaching. There's going to be plenty of things that you try and fail. But just like this person, she said, I didn't think I really needed coaching, but I'm so glad I just said screw it and gave it a shot is basically what she said. I'm not quoting exactly, but it's along those lines. And it was cool for me to hear because I'm like, I'm so glad you gave it a shot because now you see the benefit. But the only reason she sees the benefit is because now she's seeing the results in live action, in live time, in the present moment. You only know what you know, which means you only know what is presently and currently in your world, in your thoughts, in your mind, in your past, because you can think about what's already happened. You can't fully comprehend what has not happened yet. You can't actualize it, right? I've, I've used this example before, but my daughter said she hated pizza. First of all, nobody hates pizza. Second of all, I'm like, sweetie, you've never tried it before. So how do you know you hate it? Oh, I just hate it. I'm like, well, hate is a strong word. Let's not say that because... Pizza is amazing. Do you want to give it a try? No, I hate it. I hate pizza. And then I, I don't know if we gave her money. It, this is months ago now. I can't remember what it was. But eventually she tried pizza. Maybe a year ago at most. She's only five. She loves pizza. She wants pizza every night if she could. Like, because now she knows. Before she knew, she just saw this like weird triangle shaped thing with greasy like yellow stuff on top and like this red stuff oozing out the side. If you don't know any better, how do you know that that's appetizing, Right. But she didn't know because she didn't know. She didn't have that experience yet. And so she had to trust us when we said it's amazing. It's going to be good. You're going to like it, right? And so my first point of this podcast is to tell you that there's something that you want to achieve. There's something that you want to do. There's, there's a goal that you have that you have yet to accomplish. And the thing that's standing between you and that goal is resistance, it's partially unknown. It's, it's, a, it's a gap. And the only way to bridge that gap is to have blind faith in a process that is proven by other people's testaments and other people's results, not your own. Because if you're not where you want to be, then you don't understand what is required to get there unless you've been there before. And if you've been there before, you can articulate it and now it's just time to do it again. So that's the first thing I really wanted to say is like, you don't know what you don't know. So you have to just be patient. You have to do the work. You have to trust the process. And as the results start coming, just know that you're going to feel and see the result happening in live time. It's going to be actualized in front of you. And at that point, you can start feeding off that and have momentum. It gets way easier, right? That initial start of any journey is tough, right? Because we don't see the result. We're just trusting. We're having blind faith. And we know that you know, delayed gratification is a trait that I need to show here because that's a trait of success. And the ROI is going to come, but I got to be patient. I got to wait for it, right? The next thing is that, and this is tied to it, is that you need to take opportunities that are in front of you. And I want to tell a story real quick about a client named Joanna. This is a client of uh, our coach, Ariel, and she's been doing unbelievable. 
Right. And, and I actually just shared a, uh, a transformation picture as I'm recording this. I just shared it and shot a little video about another client that had a similar situation named Adam. Adam was my general physician. He was a doctor and he still is a doctor. He's just not my doctor. And, uh, and then I moved into his neighborhood and ended up living right behind him. And he was kind of like, uh, I think it's starting to get a conflict of interest. Cause there's like neighborhood parades and barbecue stuff. And we kind of see each other. We let it be. Cause I didn't go to the doctor very often. And then he inquired about coaching and then I got a new doctor. So now he works with us. He's down 20 pounds. Looks like way more because he's built a ton of muscle. Um, he has four kids. He's a full-time doctor, had present husband. Like he's a busy guy and he made it all happen despite all that shit. So like if anybody has excuses, it's him. Nobody else does, but he still did it, right? Because it doesn't need to be complicated. But my point with that is, is that he took an opportunity. He saw a patient, right? And he was interested. He would ask me questions about what I do and stuff when I'd come visit him. And then all of a sudden I moved next to him. He's like, man, that's crazy. Now he's living next to me. Like there was like sign after sign. Oh, now our kids go to the same school. Like there's a certain point where he's going to have to be like, okay, this is getting put in front of me over and over again, right? You should probably take the opportunity if it's in front of you. Now, Joanna is even crazier scenario. So Joanna lives in my neighborhood as well. And Joanna had heard of tailored coaching method. She had heard of tailored coaching method from my understanding because she had a sister-in-law and a couple other people she knew who, who have gone through our program, who have, uh, who don't live in my neighborhood, I don't, I don't think. And uh, they've lost in weight. They've transformed, whatever it may be. And she saw the results. So she was excited about it. She thought it was awesome. And she hadn't reached out yet, though, even though she wanted to lose weight herself. Um, one day I'm, it, this was in the summer. One day I'm, I'm leaving my house to go on my walk. We put my daughter down around eight, eight thirty, depending on the night. So it's about, it's, it's close to eight thirty, I think at this point, cause my daughter's going out of bed. My wife's tucking her in. I'm like, I'm going to go on a walk. I go on a walk every night. Um, typically it's very rare that I don't, even if it's raining, I will, I'll grab an umbrella, put a puffy jacket on. I'll do whatever I got to do. I like going on my walk. That's my space. That's my time. So I go on a walk and, uh, I literally got two doors down. I was literally in front of my neighbor's house. So I hadn't got far yet. And I see this lady on a electrical scooter, on a motorized scooter. And she's got like a target bag in her. Can't remember what the story was around the target bag, but I just see this lady with a target bag on a motorized scooter mobbing down the hill. Right. Which is funny because she turned around and started screaming my name and starts mobbing down this hill. And I got headphones in, but I can see her. And I can hear something. So I pull my headphones out and I hear her yelling my name, Cody, Cody from tailored. And I'm like, yeah, that's me. And so she just keeps mobbing down. She comes down to the, down to where I'm at. And, uh, she's like, I thought that was you. I recognized, uh, I recognize you or I, I, she said something, it was hilarious. She said something along the lines of like, I know where you live. And I was like, uh, okay. Uh, why? <laughs> and she's like, oh, I'm sorry. Well, my name's Joanna. Uh, I know some people that have gone through your program. They've done really well and I knew it was tailored and I see you driving your truck and your truck has the big tailored stickers on it. And so, uh, I see it around the neighborhood. And as I looked back on my scooter, I saw it in your driveway. So she basically put two and two together, saw me leaving my house, saw the truck with the tailored, remember what tailored was. And she, she came down. Now here's the thing. Joanna is a breast cancer survivor. I believe, and I could be wrong with this, but I'm almost positive she works at the hospital, potentially the ER. She's very busy, crazy hours. She has three kids, husband. She's busy, just like I talked about with Adam, right? She is down 60, 65 pounds since then. She is crushing it. 
she had told me that she had tried everything in the past. She's gone through this and that. Her schedule's insane. She barely gets sleep. She's got three kids to take care of. All this stuff, right? There's a lot going on with her. I get it. But she saw me a block away coming out of the house with a tow truck. And she, she took that as a sign to come say something to me. She took an opportunity. Now, if she would have turned the other way, like most people do, because most people are like, I don't want to interact with some random guy. I don't want to like, like run up on him with a motorized scooter and tell him I know who he is. Like, this is going to be weird. And it is kind of weird. But the second she told me why she knew who I was, I was so excited to talk to her like most people would. Every, most people, if you're going to be friendly and introduce yourself, like people want to talk to you. People want to interact. But she took that opportunity. And if she didn't take that opportunity, where would she be today? I don't know, but she probably wouldn't be 60 pounds down, loving life, feeling way better, healthier than ever, and confident beyond belief. We've shared her before and after just recently, so as I record this, I'm sorry, we're going to, so as, as I record this, she's probably going to pop up. Uh, you, she'll probably already be up on the Instagram, so go check out the Tailored Coaching Method Instagram. She took the opportunity, and that opportunity to talk to a stranger changed her entire life. And it's so damn cool to see her before and after, to see how, how much she's crushing it, because in that moment, I talked to her for 30 minutes. I didn't even go on my walk that night because I stopped there and I just talked to her for like 30 minutes straight, maybe 20, maybe not a full 30, but we sat there and talked. I talked about who she knew with me. I talked about what we do, how we do it. I asked her about uh, going through cancer and how her job is and what she's tried in the past. But I gave her as much value as I could. I gave her my phone number. I sent her a podcast that I think she would really like to listen to that would, that would benefit her. She signed up like a month and a half later. Because I gave her value. She saw the value. She knew she wanted to sign up. She needed to be at the right place to do it. And she did in that moment. She took the opportunity and that opportunity changed her life. So when something's presented in front of you, like Adam with a, a general physician patient, right? Or with Joanna, seeing the tailored guy walk out of his house while you're on your motorized scooter, right? Or maybe you see somebody in the grocery store and they need help. Or maybe you have something that, that ties the two together, that relates the two of you together. Spark a conversation. If there's something being placed in front of you, it's intentional. God lines up these moments for a reason. Take the opportunity. The universe will conspire to make sure that you reach your destiny and your goal if you take the opportunity. It's from The Alchemist. If you haven't read that book, it's phenomenal. But it talks about this. The universe will conspire in order to help you fulfill your personal legend. That's what the, it says in the book, literally. And all that means is that God, the universe, the world, life, it wants you to win. But it doesn't hand it to you. It just throws you an alley-oop over and over and over again. You have to jump. You have to grab the ball. You have to slam dunk it. And I know it's a weird analogy, but think about it. When there's an opportunity in front of you, take the opportunity because it's in front of you to be seized, to be taken. Somebody needs to take advantage of it. And they always talk about like, you know, the luck is just a combination of, uh, I mean, there's a few different sayings. There's one saying that says like luck is basically just consistently taking action until something pops off, right? Which is true. Do the work over and over and over again. You'll get really lucky. AKA that's how you get results. But the other thing is just being at the right place at the right time, right? We see that all the time. Well, how do you end up at the right place at the right time to seize an opportunity? You keep saying yes to every opportunity. You keep walking forward. You keep opening doors. You keep starting conversations. Like that is how you end up at the right place at the right time. 
The only way to be in the right place at the right time is to keep showing up in places all the time. <laughs> That's it. It's not like the one time you show up for something, it happens. It's you keep showing up all the time, every time, everywhere, and eventually it's the right place, the right time. That's really how luck works. But the point is, is that life is is designed to help you win, to help you be successful, to help you be healthy, to help you be somebody who leads a powerful, fulfilling life. But only if you're willing to do the work required, which is just opening the damn door and taking the opportunity half the time, right? And the last thing I want to say, and this is where it gets kind of offensive for some people, so if this triggers you, I apologize, but this is the reality, you know? And, and if we're looking at like the, I guess we call this like the three, stages of getting results the three stages of seizing opportunities whatever you want to call it but you know the first one is was just basically like you don't know just understand you don't know like it's a step-by-step -step process so first and foremost you don't really know what, like what is the right opportunity what is the right place at the right time you don't know that's why you got to be all, all everywhere all the time you got to go to all the places all the time because you don't know what you don't know so what is the thing that is going to get the results? What is going to be the biggest bang for your buck? What is going to be the life-changing moment? What's going to be the, the piece of content you post that goes viral? You don't know. People who go viral post a million things until one thing pops off because they don't know what the thing is, how they said it, when they posted it, and why they posted it, on what platform. They just know they got to keep pulling the trigger until the bullseye hits. That's how life works. That's how success works. So you don't know what you haven't achieved yet, which means you have to be able to step into the unknown and the discomfort in order to start swinging the baseball bat to hopefully hit a home run. And next, you got to seize the opportunity. So if you keep doing that and now you're in the game, when the game presents you the opportunity, take the opportunity. That's how you grow tremendously, just like Adam and Joanna did with us. Now, the third thing that I said might trigger some people and I actually heard Ed Milet say this, and it just it, it's it resonated so hard with so many things I've said before. And what he said is that self love is a delusion. He said self love is self delusion, and what he means by that is is people get in this mindset of I'm good where I'm at. I love myself the way I am. I'm fine the way I am. No, you're not. You're not okay the way you are. You're not fine the way you are. And as brutal as that sounds, that kind of self-love is anti-self-improvement. It's anti-self-growth. It's anti-personal development. Period. And that's why it's self-delusion. Because if you are good where you're at, it means that you don't, you have no aspirations. You have no ambition. You have no desire to become more, to achieve more, to do more, to have more, to grow more to give more to anything. Self-love in that regard is self-delusion. It's delusional because it's trying to create comfort knowing that growth only comes from resistance. Like I said earlier, all growth in life, every result you want to chase, it is closely tied to resistance. You want to build muscle, you got to apply resistance. You want to overcome fears, you got to step into resistance. You want to challenge anything in your life that is resistance. You want to accomplish success. You want to build a business. You want to lose weight. You want to build muscle. You want to have a relationship. You want to have a hard conversation. You want to get better at public speaking. Whatever it is, 
it's going to require resistance. So saying that you're okay where you're at is basically saying that I don't want any of those things. I don't want to lose weight. I don't want to build muscle. I don't want to ha have better communication, a better relationship. I don't want to do any of that. I just want to stay where I'm at. I'm okay where I'm at. I'm content. I'm satisfied. And this is why uh, I'm not wearing it right now, but all of our shirts somewhere say, all of our team shirts that I make for the team and everything, and the ones I basically wear every single day, they all say, Always fulfilled, never satisfied. And the reason for that is because if I'm satisfied, if I'm content, I'm good where I'm at. I'm never growing. Life is about growth. We are creatures of growth. Without growth, we're dead. Plain and simple. Which is why, again, self-love is self-delusion. It's the opposite of self-growth, self-help, self-development, self-improvement. It's the opposite of that. Now, should you practice grace and acceptance? 100%. I think you need to show yourself not only acceptance, but gratitude. Because if you show your, yourself gratitude for what you've already accomplished, where you're already at, even showing yourself grace, acceptance in those two, like just those two things, right? Showing yourself grace and acceptance should lead you to showing yourself gratitude for showing yourself grace and appreciating yourself and accepting yourself because you can't grow without acceptance, right? And so what I mean by that is be, if you can actually accept where you're at, you should be grateful for that because that's a tough pill to swallow for some people. If you want to lose weight and you have a weight loss goal, that means you had to look in the mirror, look at the scale, feel your body, become self-aware and have to admit that you're not happy where you're at. Mm, and that's a tough pill to swallow. But it's required, that's resistance. I don't want to look in the mirror. I don't want to look on the scale. I don't want to look at the pictures. I want to duck, dodge. I'm going to avoid the pictures. I'm sure some people listening can resonate with that. If somebody was like looking for a picture of you recently, you're like, oh, I haven't been in a picture in like a year, right? I've been there. I've had people say like, hey, can we get some like picture of you when you were like at your heaviest? And that happened uh, my senior year and then like the year after high school. And the answer is I like have a very few pictures because I avoided the camera at all costs. I wasn't taking selfies. I hated the way I looked. And I hid behind like jokes and humor and being a dick, to be honest with you. I didn't admit it to myself or others until I did. And when I did, that was the ultimate form of self-love. If we really think about it, self-love is admitting that you're not happy where you're at. Training hard, losing weight, getting healthier, pushing yourself and challenging yourself to accomplish more, to be a better version of yourself, that is self-love. If you think self-love is telling yourself you're fine where you're at, you shouldn't change yourself, you don't need to change yourself, you're comfortable, you're satisfied, you're content, that is self-hate. That is not self-love. And I'm sorry if that offends people, but it's the truth. If you're allowing yourself to get more unhealthy, if you're allowing yourself to stay overweight, if you're allowing yourself to fill your body with crap every single day, that is not self-love, period. It's self-delusion. You're calling it love to give yourself an excuse and a rationalization to do the thing that fulfills the temptation or the craving. That's bullshit. And look, it doesn't mean I don't give in to stuff. It doesn't, and it's not even giving in, actually. It's me controlling my decisions, and I decide to have that. I, every week, I have a, a, some kind of free meal or some alcohol, or I have some drinks, whatever it may be. Even during the week, every once in a while, I'll like splurge on something, but it's a choice. I choose to splurge. 
and I control that splurge. So there's boundaries around it. And that's a learned skill. It doesn't happen overnight. So this isn't to say, hey, if you've ever binged or if you ever have these episodes or anything, then you don't love yourself. That's not true. There's aspects of it that are uncontrollable. I'm aware of that. Trust me. I, I'm aware of that because I've, I've had that issue more than once in my life. I've been doing this for 13 years. Trust me. And I've worked with countless people who have too. And we have people on my team who specialize in that. So we know. However, that doesn't mean we shouldn't inform people and get them to understand this mental shift they need to have to say that, hey, self-love is actually stopping that bad habit. It's stopping the self-loathing. It's stopping the binging. It's stopping and controlling the cravings and controlling the overeating patterns and controlling the negative things you say in your head. You shouldn't talk your, down to yourself. You shouldn't talk shit to yourself. That's not what I'm saying here. I'm saying calling those things self-love is self-delusion because those things are just making you comfortable where you're at. But where you're at subconsciously makes you worse. It shortens your life. It makes you less energetic. It makes you less outgoing, less confident, less healthy. Your hormones will be less ideal and optimal. Like it, the list goes on. So I say all this to say, like this last point is so, so important. Self-love is challenging yourself to be better. Because if you want the best for yourself, sometimes that's going to sting a little bit. But if you truly want the best for yourself, if you truly love yourself, then you're going to challenge yourself to get better in any and every way. And I'll speak from my own experience on this to say, I love myself enough to know when I'm not being the best husband, when I'm not being the best father, when I'm not being the best leader of my team and business owner and boss, when I'm not being the best coach, when I'm not being the best physique athlete in pursuing my goals or staying healthy despite those goals, right? Like all of these areas, I have to be able to brutally analyze and assess where I'm at, become aware of where I'm at compared to where I should be or want to be, and then accept where I'm at. And that acceptance can be painful at times if you need to improve and get better. But that's what self-love is. Self-love is accepting where you're at even when where you're at is at a low point. Truthfully. And this is, this is, this is going to get even deeper for just a second. I heard a pastor say this, and it's pretty crazy to think about. And it's a, it's a pretty brutal statement if you just, just read the statement. But with context, it can make sense and it can be really powerful. But he said, depression is a privilege as a human being. And at first, it's like, damn, that's kind of brutal. But if the way it was framed is, number one, we're the only species that can even fathom what depression is. We're the only species that can speak and think and talk and have goals. Do you think like animals, like that beetle that you see running on the street, the, the, the bug? The snake, the rat, the squirrel, they don't have aspirations and goals. They can't be depressed because they don't know. They can't stop and think the way we think. As humans, we can sit there and say, why do I think the way I think? Why does this make me sad? Why does this make me want to binge? Why does this make me angry? Why does this trigger me? Why does this make me emotional? Why do I love this person? Why do I love this thing? Why am I pulled to this type of music, to this type of show, to this type of art? We can ask why on such a deep level, that is a gift. And sometimes that causes depression because you start asking why to things that you don't have the answers for, and that can be a dark path. I've been there. 
And that's not to say or give an excuse to, I guess what I'm trying to say is that this doesn't mean I don't have empathy towards that. I, I've experienced depression, so I have, I have the utmost empathy towards it. And I've worked with a lot of people. I've also, unfortunately, experienced people close to me taking their own lives. And depression is a, is, is a part of that. So it's, it's not an easy topic to talk about, especially on a podcast, to be honest with you. It makes me uncomfortable because I know how brutal people can be online. But I say this all to say that if you have the power internally to assess where you're at, know that it's not where you want to be and take control, whether you know how to take control or you have the courage to take control and move forward and take action on it or not is a different story. But if you have the power and you know you have the power, to just think about doing it, to, to truly think about where you're at, where you want to be, assess the two, understand the contrast and the difference between your current state and the ultimate state that would provide the most fulfillment in life. That is an unbelievable blessing, and it is a privilege to be alive knowing that we can do that. Which is why in many ways, as I said, really assessing where you're at and challenging yourself to grow we're not talking shit to ourselves. We're showing ourselves self-love by wanting to change for the better. To say that not wanting to change is self-love because you you're good where you're at is, the, is terrible. That is not self-love. That's self-delusion. And I love the way he framed that. And I want everybody listening to, to really let that settle in. And if it triggers you or it makes you mad or it makes you angry or you feel like, like I don't know what I'm talking about, whatever, take that last piece I just mentioned about how we as, as humans have the capability to think on a deeper level, process things on a deeper, deeper level, and ask questions on a deeper level, and seek answers on a deeper level, do that to yourself right now. Why is what I'm saying triggering you or making you mad? Because I promise you, whether you hate me after this or not, it's going to allow you to grow because you're going to find out more and more about yourself, and that's what matters here more than anything. And I just want to challenge everybody to listen, listening to this to truly love yourself by challenging yourself. Love yourself by admitting where you're wrong, by admitting where you're not good enough, where you're not best, where you're not matching up or meeting up or, or, or aligning up to the standards you have for yourself or should have for yourself. Maybe you don't even have standards. Start there. Create some standards and expectations for yourself as a human being and what you want to accomplish in life because you have more in the tank. You have more to you than meets the eye. And you have more to you than the, the negative story in your head allows you to believe. And it's time for you to challenge that story, challenge your current state of being, and change the way you are so that you can be better, that you can truly show yourself self-love in the sense that you're going to challenge yourself to grow because self-love is challenging yourself. Self-love is admitting where you're not your best and then it's holding yourself to a higher standard and then taking action to improve yourself. That is self-love. I gotta go because now I'm all fired up, but <laughs> I hope this hits home. I hope you guys really take this in. I hope if it triggers you, you know that this is coming from the most love, the most empathy, and uh, from a place of uh, from a place deep inside of me, uh, in me being a person who just like literally, I live my life to help people grow. Like my life is revolved around improving people's bodies, health, mindsets, life, relationships, everything. I use fitness as my vehicle to create life change in other people, but my life literally revolves around this. There is nothing I think about more than leading other people to a better life. Truly, my family, my team, those around me, my clients, 
you listen to this podcast, there's nothing that consumes my mind and thoughts more than helping people like you grow. So I hope you know I'm challenging you this way because I know for a fact it's going to make you grow and live a better life. If this show helps you in any way, if this show touched you today, if this show challenged you in a way that's already creating change in your mind and it's going to allow you to take action and take leaps and bounds forward, please share this podcast with somebody who needs to hear it. Share it on your Instagram story of people following you need to hear it. Make sure that you go leave us a rating and review, a five-star rating, please. It takes just a couple minutes and it makes the world of a difference in the growth of this podcast so that I can do what I'm supposed to do on this planet and that's help more people with this type of coaching. I appreciate you listening and I'll catch you next time.